For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Colts fans. Welcome back to the Believe in Indianapolis Colts podcast. I'm your host, Jake Arthur, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Never miss an episode of the show by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd love it if you'd also give us a five-star rating on iTunes if you're enjoying the show, and always feel free to review as well. Thank you for joining me today, everybody. On today's show, I chat about this Colts and Cincinnati Bengals matchup with Dadio MacDuke of Believe in the Number One Bengals podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. At 3-2, the Colts host this last game at Lucas Oil Stadium until their bye week next week against the 1-3-1 Bengals. The Colts look to get things rolling again after the Cleveland Browns kicked them out of First Energy Stadium last week and beat them 32-23. The Colts offense seemed to disappear after a fast start and then the defense just didn't quite show up until the second half. This week against the Bengals, the Colts face a struggling young team that they should be able to take advantage of. Cincinnati's offensive line is pretty bad, which makes things difficult for superstar rookie quarterback Joe Burrow and running back Joe Mixon. The Bengals' defense is okay, but a lot of people are looking for a breakout offensive performance for the Colts on Sunday, and we'll explain to you why coming up. Today's show once again is brought to you by Bet Online. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. The Colts are currently 9.5 point favorites in this one with an over-under of 46.5 points. That sounds pretty enticing for a home game heading into the bye week. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The Bengals have already been struggling, but the Colts appear to be catching them at an especially good time. The Bengals placed defensive linemen Sam Hubbard and DJ Reader on injured reserve within the last week and starters A.J. Green, Geno Atkins, Darius Phillips, and Mackenzie Alexander have all missed some practice time this week. As for the Colts, luckily left tackle Anthony Costanzo was able to return to practice this week after missing last week's game against the Browns with a rib injury. We obviously saw how things went without him with Raven Clark over at left tackle. Tight end Mo Alley-Cox has a knee injury, defensive end Nico Autry has an ankle and knee injury, and linebacker Darius Leonard has a groin injury. They've all missed some practice time so far this week. We'll see if they can practice Friday afternoon and ultimately if they can play Sunday. To break down this week's matchup, here's most of my chat with Dottie Mac Duke of Believe in the Number One Bengals podcast. It's not the entirety of the conversation because I am an idiot 
and if I had a superpower, it would be forgetting to hit the record button on the Zoom meetings at the beginning. But we've still got plenty of great stuff for you anyways. Here we go. Yeah, I, I think green is probably more of the Colts jam. Uh, they, they look for those, the big body guys with the good hands that can, that can run routes. They, they don't always have to be the fastest guys, but they can beat man coverage. Uh, John Ross, they could really use the downfield threat right now, especially with, with Paris Campbell out. But yeah, um, the size may be an issue because they always seem to target guys who are like at least 6'1", close to 200 pounds, you know, 190 pounds. So uh, I'm not sure. Well, you know, you, yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, think no, I, green would be more realistic there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was just going to say, uh, you say that, and it's interesting because uh, I think of like T.Y. Hilton is a, a small guy, five foot nine. And it was one of my favorite receivers for a while. And I haven't gotten to see the Colts yet, but what happened to him this year? Where is he? Because this, I mean, this guy's a big time receiver. Yeah, it's so Philip River spreads the ball around quite a bit. It's not really the days where Andrew Luck was, was always looking for TY. Andrew Luck spread the ball around quite a bit as well, but those two grew up together in the NFL and they just had their chemistry was next level. So Andrew always knew he could go to TY when he needed a play. Uh, but Philip spreads the ball around quite a bit more and they just don't have that same chemistry yet. And I think TY season looks a little better if he makes a couple plays that he dropped in the first two games. Uh, in week one, he dropped two passes in the fourth quarter. That would have made his season look a little better. And especially in week two against the Vikings, he dropped a 44 yard touchdown, uh, kind of lost the ball in the sun. So it's, his season hasn't been terrible. He there's been some plays left out there he should have made, uh, but in general he's just not getting the same <clears throat> distribution that he probably would from Luck. Uh, I think it'll eventually come around at some point this year. He's coming off as his most productive game of the season so far. Um, so far last week, six catches, sixty nine yards. But I, I think it'll get there. It's it's just been a little slower. So it's interesting because a lot of fans are not so high on Philip Rivers, but you know, I mean, I know what he can do. I mean, I, you know, I've seen so many games of him in the past. I don't know where his arm is right now. I just saw, I just saw his performance against the Browns. I saw some clips of that and it still seems to have a lot of life, his arm, but you're talking about him spreading the ball around. So do you think he, you think they can have success with him, you know, as the quarterback for now? Uh, yeah, I just think they have to figure out what their offense is, really. Um, they're they're missing good. some ingredients already in this first half of the season that they didn't expect to be without. You know, Mar Marla Mack is out, and a lot of people just didn't realize how important he was to the backfield. He was, he was the running back that knew everything and could do everything. And so they're missing that guy, and yeah. they're kind of having to, to force a rookie into that role already. Uh, while still trying to use Jordan Wilkins and uh, Naheem Hines. But they're also down Michael Pittman, who they hoped would be their starting X receiver at some point. Paris Campbell was supposed to be their, honestly, probably their their biggest big play threat at receiver. They're already down those guys. Anthony Costanzo has missed a game. So I'm just not, I, I think they're just taking things week by week and seeing what they want to do. I, I just don't think they've established what they want their offense to be quite yet. Um, I think once they do and Rivers begins taking more of a command of that offense and being a, dis a 
a more consistent distributor and not making some of the kind of attempted Superman throws and, and bad reads, then I think they'll be a little more consistent offense. But we've we've seen some really bad plays from week one and last week. But in between things, we're going pretty well. Uh, he was very efficient. He had a hard, a high yards per attempt and a high completion percentage. So we, we've seen some inconsistency there, but I, I think they know where they would eventually like to be. They just have to get there. Uh, but injuries well, happen you know, in the NFL. So I would tell you something. Mm-hmm. Okay. As a Bengals fan, it hurts me to say this, but it's true. This is going to be, be the week that Philip Rivers and T.Y. Hilton get back on track. This is going to be it. I promise you. Look, the Bengals' pass defense has been good, okay? But it's because, largely because of Jesse Bates. He emerged as one of the best safeties in the league, okay? Uh, our corners are okay. You know, Von Bell, is, he had a good game last week. You know? But our defense overall, we don't have much of a pass rush, okay? Our, our defensive line is has so many injuries, so many problems, age problems. We just benched Carlos Dunlap, okay? Uh, our linebackers are rookies, and we have, you know, Josh Bynes, who's older. We don't have a lot going on there. And we're the Bengals. You know, teams look at us and like, okay, same old Bengals. And they, 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 get, they get this confidence. They get this self-esteem when they play us. And it happened with the Browns, okay? Baker Mayfield, he had a bad first game. Now they won four straight games, you know, because against us, they got their mojo back. So I do think that uh, Philip Rivers, yeah, you're going to see probably three touchdowns in a very efficient game from Philip Rivers, yeah. That, that would be nice because I know the, the Colts just came off their, their game with the Browns who were allowing everything through the air. And every Browns person I talked to last week said the same thing about last week being Philip Rivers' big game. So I, I think it just really depends on the pass rush. Um, if Cincinnati can rush the passer, that'll obviously make things much different because Philip can't really escape. But if they're not getting much pressure, then maybe, maybe he does have more time to, to have a big game. I mean, um, they won't. No, they yeah. won't. They're not. They're not good at rushing the passer. Passer. They put in, you know, uh, Carl Lawson to to help with that, but he didn't really do anything this past week. I mean, he had a couple of sacks earlier in the season. He was good, but uh, but yeah. And then your offensive line. I don't know about your tackles, but okay, you have you have you know Quentin Nelson. Your center is very good. Um, I, I think they'll hold up just fine against the Bengals. Yeah. Now, surely it can't all be bad. If there was one area of the Bengals that the Colts could need to worry about, what is that? I think it's Burrow. I think it's Burrow. Uh, Because, look, we have talented, you know, uh, playmakers. I don't think Joe Mixon's going to have a big game against you guys. You guys are very good against the run, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are good against the run. Joe Mixon is a very talented back. Don't get me wrong, okay? But with that offensive line, there's I don't think there's very I don't think there's maybe three running backs that could be successful, because bad pass blocking is one thing, but bad run blocking, you know how it is. I mean, you know, it's, it, there's nothing you can do with it. Bad pass blocking, okay, get the ball out quicker. You know, you you kind of uh, you you kind of like try to catch them off guard, all that kind of stuff. The quarterback maybe escapes, but bad run blocking. You know, you got to get lucky. You got to have like some amazing cutback or two. You know, Joe Mixon's not going anywhere. Okay. But uh, our receivers, we have Tyler Boyd. 
who's who's really talented. Okay, he's a really gritty. He's a real football player. We have T Higgins, who's who's doing pretty good for a rookie. And uh, Auden Tate, I don't know. You know, we we don't know week to week if he's gonna play. John Ross, he's been Auden Tate mostly recently. And uh, yeah, and AJ Green, AJ Green, look, AJ Green has has got to make an a statement. You know, he's he's kind of come out and he's taken. He had a really bad week last last week, a really bad week against the Ravens. I don't know if you saw that play. A lot of people, did you see that play where he? Yeah, the interception. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I kind of understand. I mean, he doesn't want to get hurt, and it was way over his head, and you know, he was frustrated. He was frustrated that game. Uh, but uh, so I think he's going to he's going to come out and and and. Uh, so my point is, our our receivers are good. And Burrow is so talented that I think late in the game, if you guys don't get a big lead, Burrow might sense blood. He might smell blood. And he might, you know, get close to coming back. That's the only thing I would worry about. Well, that certainly would make the game pretty interesting if if it's a, it winds up being a quarterback duel. I mean, Baker Mayfield went off in the first half last week. Uh, so it, it seems like there's a lot of growing to do on this Bengals team. However... Crazy things happen all the time. The Colts are favorites in this one, but how do the Bengals pull off an upset? Man, I guess what happens is, because like I said, our pass defense is pretty good, okay, which is weird. We don't have a pass rush, but pass defense is good. So I think what happens is Rivers, you know, takes some risks. He throws a couple of interceptions, and we capitalize. You know, Burrow gets going early. We get a decent lead, which opens up the running game, right? And we can hold on to that lead. We're not going to blow you out no matter what. But if we can get an early lead from turnovers, from Rivers feeling too confident playing the Bengals, and Jesse Bates, he's a great, you know, he just he is all over the place, that guy. He could pick off a pass or two, you know? And, uh, and yeah, you could have a little hole. And if your offense, it's not the most explosive offense, you know, I know you guys have struggled in the red zone, right? Yeah. So you can get behind early and uh, never get a chance to, you know, uh, come back. Yeah. Yeah, those those kind of sound like the ingredients for a typical Colts loss. Uh, whenever they lose, they, they seem to do a pretty good job at helping themselves lose. Lots of self-inflicted wounds, turnovers, penalties, things like that. So, yeah, yeah. if uh, – if you had to, if you had to take a guess at how this game ends up, what are your thoughts? I'm gonna go 27-14 Colts. Okay, yeah, that that sounds about right. You know, not not a total blowout, not a high scoring affair, but you know, a, a somewhat lopsided victory. Yeah. Well, all right, Dario. I think that's all I got for you this week. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jake. I really enjoyed talking to you, and and I look forward to having you on our podcast. Absolutely, I'll be joining you guys on the post game show. We'll we'll see what kind of stuff stuff unfolds Sunday during the game for us to talk about. For sure, for yeah. sure, man. Thanks so much yeah. for joining me. Thank you for having me. Take care, yeah. man. Thanks again to Daddyo for his time. You can follow him on Twitter at d a d i o d e f a c t o. And of course, on the Believe in the Number One Bengals podcast. Looking at this game, offensively, this feels like a great week for the Colts to get that first huge rushing performance. The Bengals are third from the bottom of the league, allowing 159 yards per game. 
They gave up 215 to the Browns, 175 to the Eagles, 161 to the Ravens, and another buck 55 to the Chargers. So teams have been crushing them on the ground so far. Since there was no offseason and preseason, by this time, offensive line play should begin getting better. Uh, the Colts' offensive line has gotten off to a little slower of a start. Uh, it's always rough around the league to begin the season anyways. Yes, these guys all know each other, but there is still a groove that offensive lines have to get into at the beginning of the season. Since the Colts' current starting five offensive line came together in 2018, they have 12 games with at least 150 rushing yards, including 151 in Week 2 against the Vikings, so it would be great for that to happen again on Sunday. As far as the passing game goes, uh, MacDuke thinks the Colts passing game should be able to break out this week. But, I mean, if you were listening, that's what we were told on this show last week twice uh, by the Browns media. The ingredients are there, but the Colts have to prove it. However, the Bengals pass rush is nowhere near what the Browns was, so that should be a big advantage for the Colts. And it should be something that should allow Phillip Rivers more time to get rid of the ball and to distribute it hopefully not force him into some of those kind of YOLO balls like we've discussed discussed before. Uh, will we see some downfield shots? God, I think we all hope so. And as for the defensive side of the ball, I'm just looking at defensive line versus offensive line here. DeForest Buckner might actually have to hire legal counsel after what he might pop off and do against that Bengals offensive line. Their line has allowed the most sacks in the league so far with 22 and they're in the bottom half of the league in rushing uh, with 102.6 yards per game, which doesn't sound terrible, but think about how many times Joe Mixon has really been able to go off. It's really only been once. If Darius Leonard is going to miss another game and then have the bye week to recover, which may be their plan, uh, then the Colts should be in good hands with Bobby Okereke at Mike, Anthony Walker at Will, and Zaire Franklin at Sam. Uh, last, we're, last week, Walker and Okariki combined for nearly 20 tackles, and they both had an interception, and Franklin was graded as a top 10 linebacker by Pro Football Focus, uh, so that trio certainly held their own in Leonard's absence. If Burrow is making errant throws under pressure like he did last week against the Ravens, then this secondary with Xavier Rhodes, Rock Yassin, Kenny Moore, Julian Blackman, and Kari Willis can certainly capitalize on that. All of those guys have interceptions this year, except for Yasin, who missed two games. But in his absence, his replacement, TJ Carey, had two picks. And now, of course, you know we always got to touch on the fantasy aspect of things. Uh, every week, I've got the uh, weekly fantasy preview on allcolts.com. If you've already read it, you saw that Jonathan Taylor, Rodrigo Blankenship, and the Colts defense and special teams are the three to focus on this week. Yes, I put a kicker in there, guys. You know it. Uh, we'll start with Taylor. Uh, he's averaging 17.8 touches per game for 82.8 yards of offense, and he's got a touchdown in three games. He's also coming off of a game that the coaches said was his best performance yet. Yeah, he only had a dozen carries, but the Colts were kind of playing from behind, so they really didn't have an opportunity to get him going like they wanted to. So it feels like his big breakout game is just on the cusp coming up. Uh, as for the Bengals, five opposing running backs have had at least 80 yards of offense against them, including four who had at least 100. As for Hot Rod, Rodrigo Blankenship, uh, the Colts have had to rely on three points rather than six in the red zone way too much this season. They ranked 29th in the red zone at 42.1%. But because of that, 
Blankenship trots out for short field goals all the time. Uh, of his 15 field goals on the season, 11 of them have been within 40 yards. Uh, so that degree of difficulty is obviously a little bit lower uh, that, at that portion of the field. He scored at least 10 points in each of the last four games, and he's had at least three field goal attempts in every game. Uh, his 56 points on the season are tied for the NFL lead in fantasy points for a kicker. And as for Cincinnati, four of their five opposing kickers have had at least 10 points against them. The defense, I mean, they've had one bad game, and that was, I mean, that was last week. And even then, they were still startable because Isaiah Rogers had that big kickoff return for a touchdown. We now know that is an X factor that could happen any week now. I mean, the, the dude runs fast as hell, so he can outrun basically anyone on the field. Uh, the Colts have racked up 11 sacks on the season, and as we mentioned, the Bengals have given up the most so far with 22. The Colts also lead the league with nine interceptions and two safeties. They've got two defensive touchdowns, and as we mentioned, the kickoff return for a touchdown. So when you're looking for extracurricular stats from a fantasy defense, the Colts have been absolutely padding the stat sheet there. They're a must-have. Uh, opponents have had quality showings in three of the last five weeks against the Bengals, as for defenses. Uh, and that's in, that includes the 26 fantasy points that the Ravens had last week. The Ravens are the only fantasy defense ahead of the Colts right now. Now it's time to answer the questions that you lovely people have sent me out on Twitter. First up is new friend of the show, Andrew Miller. He's, he's always got questions for us. I like it. His question is, if the Colts' struggles continue, do we see Jacob Eason this year? Also, do we trade T.Y. Hilton away? What's his value? Uh, to the first part about Jacob Eason, I say no. I think Philip Rivers' game would have to totally melt down to where he's not completing a high percentage of passes and he's just making constant critical mistakes. Uh, I, I think Frank Reich is very married to him at this point in this season. Uh, at that point, I, I've think it would be Jacoby Brissett coming in anyways, just in the disaster scenario. I just don't think we see Jacob Eason this year. Uh, he was a project to begin with, and they didn't have an offseason physically with him in the building. So I don't I don't really think we're going to see Eason this year. If we do, I think there will be something big that's that's happened and something big that's gone wrong. Also, I would say no to trading T.Y. Hilton. Uh, he's a free agent in March, and if his production doesn't improve, uh, then I don't think another team is really going to be willing to give up much for him. I mean, we're talking like a day three pick. And I don't think Chris Ballard would be willing to accept anything like that, knowing what T.Y. is capable of. Uh, I mean, of course, injuries and drops and, and all that stuff come into account anyways. Uh, but Ballard's also not just going to trade him away just to get something. I mean, we we know he's received trade offers for Jacoby Brissett in the past, but he's he's not just going to trade a guy away without it being a good situation. Uh, I mean, he's not going to – he wouldn't send T.Y. somewhere that has a crappy quarterback or was a crappy team in general. Um, and, I mean, T.Y. said he wants to be a Colt for life, and he's probably retiring after his next contract anyways. Uh, there's really no one who is more respected in that building, so I just really don't see it happening. You know, like we saw with Marvin Harrison passing down the reins to Reggie Wayne, and then Reggie Wayne passing those reins to T.Y. Hilton. I think what's supposed to happen is 
T.Y. Hilton eventually passes those reins to Michael Pittman Jr. and Paris Campbell. And the next question is from another fan of the show, Sam Sinclair. Uh, which level of the Bengals' defense will the Colts worry about the most? Defensive line, linebackers, or secondary? Uh, so they've got some players up front in Geno Atkins and Carl Lawson. And ev- even though Carlos Dunlap hasn't been having his best year, he's always caused the Colts problems. Uh, but I look at the secondary uh, foremost. Jesse Bates is having kind of a resurrecting year at safety. Uh, you know, as as a rookie, he kind of took the league by storm and then he fell off a bit, but he's looking good again. Uh, you know, William Jackson has always had loads of talent at cornerback. Mackenzie Alexander is no slouch in the slot either. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough day for the Colts, for a Colts receiving core that's already not making many waves. That doesn't mean the Colts won't have a productive day of passing the ball, but it's not going to be made easy on them. Next up is Brando. Will the Colts make the playoffs? Uh, that is tough. The playoffs are now, of course, expanded to seven teams per conference. The Colts are currently sitting in the eighth seed in the AFC, so they're in the playoff picture. Uh, however, they still have five of their six AFC South games remaining, which is good for them. Obviously, if they take care of those games, they can definitely win the division, which punches a ticket for them. Um, the The Titans really have a stranglehold on things right now, though, being undefeated. Uh, they're a game ahead of the Colts in the win column, and the Colts have two losses to zero for Tennessee. Um, the other good news, though, is the Titans are really the only other threat in the AFC. The, the Jaguars have not been good, and neither have, have Houston, and they beat on they beat up on each other this week. So uh, one of them is going to have another loss. Uh, the Colts do have another five games remaining on their schedule against teams that are currently ranked ahead of them in the AFC playoff standings. So if they can take care of some of those games, then you know I could see them grabbing one of the lower seeds, if not the AFC South crown. Um, but they've absolutely got to take care of business. They're not just going to fall into a playoff spot. They, they've got too many matchups coming up against playoff teams for that to happen. And then the last question for the week is should the Colts go all in on trying to sign Dak Prescott next year? Uh, for starters, there's going to be $40 million in quarterback salary that falls off the books in the spring when Phillip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett become free agents. Uh, so that definitely creates opportunity. Jacob Eason will be the only quarterback under contract at that time. Uh, however, I don't think their plan is to roll with him in 2021, at least not without competition. Uh, if if the Cowboys don't do right by Dak Prescott and bring him back, then I think any team would be interested uh, in him. Any team that that needs a quarterback, of course. Um, that that absolutely includes the Colts. Uh, Dak's ankle has to check out. Obviously, it was it was a very serious injury. Uh, but if he hits the open market and he's expected to make a full recovery from that ankle injury, then hell yeah, I'm I'm all in on them getting him. However, Dallas wouldn't be smart to let him go. Uh, Good young quarterbacks don't change teams very often. That is it for the pregame show, ladies and gents. Thanks for being with me today, everybody. Please remember to subscribe to the show and rate us on iTunes. We can be found on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Luminary, and more. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Believe in Colts. And me personally at Jake Arthur NFL on Twitter and Facebook, as well as Jake Arthur underscore on Instagram. 
My written work can be found on Sports Illustrated at allcolts.com. If you have any questions that you'd like me to answer on the show, please send them to me through email at believeincolts at gmail.com or respond when I send out the call for questions on Twitter. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact believe at believe.com. Also, a big shout out to Mrs. Arthur for the song choice for the intro and outro this week because the Colts do, in fact, need to set it off against the Bengals going into their bye week. Colts fans, you'll hear from us again in a few days after this Colts and Bengals matchup on Sunday afternoon. Have a great weekend. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.